Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. You do not have to be at your computer to write. You can literally write just about anywhere. Stephanie Meyer, who wrote the Twilight series, planned and wrote her book during swimming lessons while she was waiting in the car. She also wrote after everyone had gone to bed. So get scrappy. Find those pockets of time. They really do add up. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. A writer asks, how do you find the time to write? I'm a single mom and a full-time writer, so I get paid to write for eight hours a day. I'm writing a 100,000-word novel, but I've only written 10,000 words so far, and I can't seem to find the time to write my own book because I'm so busy writing for others. At the end of the day, I've already been writing for the whole day. Do I give up watching TV and Netflix until I finish my book? What about waking up at 5 a.m. and writing while my kids are still asleep? Or should I write for a couple of hours when I get home in the evening? I want to finish my book and I must take drastic measures to get this done. Yet, I have so few pleasures in life like TV and Netflix. Should I give up watching TV and Netflix? Am I on the right track? Should I try all of the above? Help. I get some form of this question, some version of this question over and over from mothers. I don't get them from fathers, interestingly. Men don't struggle as much with time or making their creative pursuits a priority. They don't struggle with guilt. And this reminds me of a quote I heard years ago when I was struggling. Women are supposed to work like they don't have children and mother like they don't work outside the home. Now, this applies whether you work outside the home, work inside the home, or you're a full-time parent. When it comes to parenting, the standards and expectations for mothers are different. I've been a single parent since Kaz was eight years old. He's 17 now, but 
Even when his father and I lived together, I still felt adrift. I struggled with time and energy and focus. I remember when Kaz was young, I could barely snatch a moment to myself each day. I had so much writing building up inside me, so much creative fuel, I felt like I was going to burst. So you may be a single mom like me, or you may have a partner who works outside of the home all day and is also stretched to the max. So I'm going to offer some of my strategies, knowing that your situation may be very different from mine right now, or you may be in a very different season of parenting. So my kid is 17. So the challenges with balancing being a present parent and being present with my creative pursuits is changing all the time. It always has changed, but it's still a challenge. I still have challenges with managing my time. I still have challenges with maintaining my energy, and I still have challenges with focus. So the number one thing I hear most often with mothers is struggling to find time. This is the hat trick when you have kids, and this is true when you have kids at any age because the responsibilities change over time. For example, my kid now at 17 is more independent at home, but there's often music blaring or he's on FaceTime with his girlfriend till 10 p.m. And he still relies on me to drive him to work or to doctor's appointments or father afield to see friends. So there's a lot of time spent driving and, you know, we're talking hours. And so I've gotten really good at protecting my time. I don't spend a lot of time on social media. I don't do any outside school functions like picnics and so forth. And I like to talk with my kid in the mornings before school and then again on the way home from school. And he always knocks on my office door if he needs to chat about something or ask a question. So I'm always there for him. And when I was a young mother, I struggled mightily to find time to write even though I wasn't a single parent back then. And my mind was too scrambled to even focus. So out of desperation, I turned to some books on time and I took a great productivity course that helped me immensely. And the book that changed my relationship to time was Laura Vanderkam's 168 Hours, You Have More Time Than You Think. 168 hours, you have more time than you think. I highly recommend this book. It will change the way you think about time. I'll link to it in the show notes. But what I did was track everything I did for a week and how much time I spent doing it. And I mean everything, sleeping, cleaning, cooking, eating, how much time I spent changing diapers, how much time I spent playing with my kid, reading to my kid, how much time I spent scrolling on Facebook, how much time I spent washing my hair, napping, watching TV, exercising, driving. I mean, I logged everything. And what's powerful about the seven-day time log is that it gives you a baseline of where your time is actually being spent. 
because the numbers don't lie. It's a lot like tracking where you're spending all your money each month or what you eat in a week. You can see where you're actually wasting time and what you can give up or do less of or delegate to someone else if you can. Now, I did a whole episode for Time Crunched Writers. It's episode 11, How to Make Time to Write When You Have No Time. Episode 11, I'll link you up in the show notes. But the first step always is to get a fix on how much time you spend during a typical week doing everything that you do. And just log it for seven days. See if there's some patterns. See if there's some time you can put back into your writing time, even if it's just 20 minutes, three times a week, or 10 minutes. Now, I don't recommend you give up all your minor pleasures like Netflix. I think that's a great way to switch gears and shut off the day's stress. It's a great way to unwind and turn off the internal chatter that can disrupt our sleep. Now, you may find that you need to scale it down, but I think it's a mistake not to have some minor pleasures in life because I think that only feeds your creativity. So don't deprive yourself of everything. So number one, get clear on how much time you actually have and use some of that for your writing. The second thing to think about is what time of day you are at your creative peak. For me, it's first thing in the morning with my first cup of coffee. Now, before that, when I was younger and childless, Nighttime was my peak writing time. But when Kaz was young and I had no time to myself and I was exhausted all the time, I started to wake up at 5 a.m. so I could get to my desk in solitude with silence. Now, it took me some time to adjust to that 5 a.m. wake up. So I started waking up in 30 minute increments earlier every day. And I've been doing that ever since. Now I was never a morning person before that, but for me, that is my best time to create. Even when I worked full time, I was still able to log in at least an hour most mornings before getting ready to go to work and get out the door. I worked almost an hour's drive from my apartment and I had to get Kaz out to school before I headed to the office, but I got that morning hour most days. Now you may not be able to do this. And if you have young kids, mornings may not be a possibility for you. You may not be able to capture your peak time right now, but here are some other things I did. I used to bring my laptop to the little gym and type away in the lobby while Kaz was in class. Even now, if I'm dropping him off farther afield from our house, I'll find a coffee shop or a Barnes and Noble, and I'll plan where to go before we get in the car, and I'll set up my laptop there. For example, last summer, Kaz was in driver's ed, and the first two weeks, his lessons were a half-hour drive from our house, so I found out what coffee shops were open when, and I spent those three hours there writing. Now, if you don't have a laptop, bring a notebook or a tablet, like a Chromebook. 
Having a notebook, by the way, if you're time-pressed with parenting, is a great way to keep your creative well filled. I bring one everywhere so I can jot down random observations or memories or whatever strikes me as interesting or whatever comes up. And the great thing about a journal, especially if you're not sure what you want to write, is that you start to see common themes or questions that you're obsessed with. And that could be the basis for a story idea. As writers, we're always probing certain things that demand to be looked at deeper and from different angles. So explore what it is you're yearning to discover through your writing. You do not have to be at your computer to write. You can literally write just about anywhere. Stephanie Meyer, who wrote the Twilight series, planned and wrote her book during swimming lessons while she was waiting in the car. She also wrote after everyone had gone to bed. So get scrappy. Find those pockets of time. They really do add up. Okay, number three, create the conditions ahead of time. We want to make writing a habit. So we want to create the conditions so we can bring our best focus to our work. And one of the things, at least for me, that deflates my creative energy is all those miscellaneous daily tasks that have to get done. This can cause a low-grade drain on my creative output, at least for me, because the to-do list is always eating away at my focus. So I do as much prep work as I can the night before so that my day and my week goes smoother. I do not want to be making school lunches in the morning or emptying out the coffee pot or cleaning the cat dishes before I replenish their food. I don't want to be washing dishes. I don't want to be squandering my creative time on low-level tasks. So I do all these things the night before when my creative energy is at a low. Often on Sundays, I'll make several containers of salad. I'll pre-make the salad dressing, I'll chop veggies for cooking, anything to make the week go easier and ease my workload. I also batch cook so that there are leftovers for at least three nights. Cooking has become a chore for me. I used to love it, but now it's just an inconvenience and a real time suck. So I'll often listen to a podcast or music while I'm cooking and cleaning up just to make it go easier. I occasionally order pre-made soups and grain dishes from Splendid Spoon. So if I'm in a pinch, I just pop it in the microwave and I have a nutritious meal ready to go. I also prioritize sleep. I'm usually passed out by 8 or 9 p.m., Now, if I'm having trouble falling asleep or my mind can't shut down, I take a few drops of CBD oil or I'll have some sleepy time tea. Because if I don't get enough sleep, I'm pretty useless the next day. I've struggled with insomnia my whole life. I sometimes have a hard time shutting my mind off. 
I can usually tell when I'm going to have a hard time sleeping by the way I'm breathing throughout the day. So when I have too much on, especially with parenting, I notice that I'm not breathing fully throughout the day. I'm actually holding my breath. I'm not taking full inhales. So my breath is very shallow. Another thing I do when I notice this is breathing exercises throughout the day. Whenever I notice my cortisol levels elevating or I'm not getting enough physical movement throughout the day, I'm usually not breathing well. So I'll take two quick inhales and a long exhale just to get my breath steady again. Or I'll breathe in for four counts, hold that a second, then breathe out for eight very slowly, and then I'll hold that for a second and then repeat. And I do this until my body calms down. You are your greatest creative asset, so self-care is a must. So create the conditions ahead of time. And number four, ask for help, ask for support. When Kaz was nine months old, I hired a mother's helper. Her name was Helen. She was from Australia and she took care of all of us. She became part of our family. She really was indispensable. She was at our house five hours a day, Monday through Friday, Eventually, she moved back to Australia. She still, to this day, wishes Kaz happy birthday every year. She was really special. She not only kept Kaz company and played with him and fed him and changed his diapers, she took him outside to sled and she took him outside to play. She cleaned up for us. She cleaned our dishes. She was amazing. And this comfort gave me more room to focus on my work. And at that time, I was running writing workshops. And so there was a lot of prep work involved in reviewing student work. And I could not have done these workshops or served my students if it wasn't for Helen. When Kaz was a toddler, I turned to his father for support. And this is a conversation you may want to have. I said something to the effect that I was at my breaking point. I felt like I was doing too much and I needed a break from parenting. I needed a break from household responsibilities. I needed some alone time. My desk had always been in the middle of the living area. I didn't have an office where I could close the door like I do now. So I had no barrier. And I'm a writer who needs clean focus. I can't have music on or have lots of chatter in the background. I hate the sound of television. So at that time, he started to take on more of the cooking and he'd take Kaz out of the house for an hour or two at the end of the day. I also had other mothers come to my rescue. When Kaz was young, I had a girlfriend, Bex, who knew instinctively that I needed help. She lived nearby And she would offer to pick up Kaz and bring him to her house to play with her daughter for several hours and then bring him back home. And she was so wise. When I shared with her that I was struggling to find time and space for myself and I was complaining and feeling victimized by it, she said, just tell him 
I'm going to be working on such and such days at such and such times, and I will need you to be with our child. Here's the thing. You can't expect your partner or co-parent to know, number one, that you need support, and number two, what specifically that support looks like. Your partner, your kids, your family will only take your writing seriously if you take it seriously first. So ask for what you need from your partner or your co-parent. And if you don't have a partner, if you're a single parent, or if you have a contentious relationship with your ex, ask a fellow mother. Maybe you can alternate carpools to school or to baseball practice or to ballet lessons. Maybe you can alternate having their kids over for a Saturday. Now, I hear mothers say that they feel guilty about taking time to write. They feel like when they do have free time, they should be with their kids or doing housework. But let me ask you, do men struggle with this guilt? No. When I lived with Kaz's dad, he wasn't out working at an office. Oh, no. He was in his art studio on our property creating art. He just assumed I would pick up the slack and support him. He still does this to this day. Is he earning money from his art? No, he's spending money on materials. But he never questions it. He honors his need to create and he makes time to do it. He makes it a priority. He's still able to parent, but... He doesn't struggle with the guilt. It's never that he has to make a choice. The best thing you can give your kids is to model someone pursuing the things that make you whole and fulfilled. Yes, you should spend time with your kids. And yes, housework is important. But your writing time with your kids and doing the housework do not have to cancel each other out especially with housework. I mean, you can schedule it around your writing time. I do housework when I'm taking a break from writing, or I ask my kid to vacuum and do the dishes. So have your kids chip in if they're old enough. Tell them you need their support. Don't shoulder all the responsibilities. I've certainly been guilty of this. It's something I'm still working on. Okay, my fellow moms, number one, time. Figure out where your time is actually being spent. See where those time leaks are and where you can put some of that time towards your writing. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got comes from Marie Forleo, who said, create before you consume, create before you consume. Don't go down the rabbit hole of Instagram and TikTok scrolling Do that after you're spent from your own writing. Don't squander your writing time. Number two, find out when your best times to create are. When are you most in flow? Try to capture that time for writing and or find pockets of time while your kids are at swim practice or at the little gym. Writing begets more writing. Write in a notebook or on a laptop or a tablet. You just need to make it a habit and those little pockets of time do add up. Number three, 
Create the conditions ahead of time. Be proactive. What tasks can you batch ahead of time to give you more space and time to create? And number four, ask for support. I know this is hard for most of us. It certainly has been hard for me. I do suffer from do-it-myself-itis, but do reach out to other moms. Reach out to your partner or your co-parent. These days, we really are isolated as parents. Most of us don't have extended family nearby. Our partners are also stretched to the max. So ask for support. Be specific about what that support looks like, what days and times you need it, etc. Your best support, though, is other women, other parents, because they get you. Just like my friend Bex, who supported me without ever asking, be open to that. Women, especially fellow mothers, are really your greatest support. Find your support system. So there you have it. I hope this episode gives you some ideas on how to allow writing and parenting to coexist. And more importantly, to honor your desire and your urge to create whatever that looks like for you. If you know a writer who could use some support, especially a writer mom, please, please share this episode. Just drop a link to them or share it on social media. I'd be so, so grateful. I'll see you next week, same time, same place with a brand new episode. Have a beautiful Mother's Day and I will talk to you real soon.